Well, our second scripture reading for today comes to us from Daniel chapter 12. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1393, Daniel chapter 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward the heaven. And he heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. These are the words of the Most High God. May all those who hear them find true rest. Well, it's been quite a journey these past three months as we've been working our way through the book of Daniel. We have now reached the end, and God invites us to partake of this climactic finish. If you recall, Daniel began by, with Daniel being taken captive from Jerusalem to Babylon at a very young age. He had to learn that Yahweh was not limited to the land of Israel. Rather, he is the Lord in all of his creation. God had blessed and protected Daniel and his friends when they refused to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And when their lives were at risk because none of the wise men in the kingdom could tell King Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was about, God intervened. He rescued them by revealing to Daniel through a vision what was troubling the king's heart. 
Daniel then witnessed God's saving power once more when his friends were thrown into the fire because they refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Yet they were able to walk in the midst of the flames without harm coming to their bodies. But the Lord doesn't limit his saving power to the Jews alone. Daniel, he witnessed the humbling of this most powerful king as God gave to Nebuchadnezzar the mind of a beast. This proud man raised his eyes towards heaven and praised the Most High God. Yet Daniel would outlive the king only to be forgotten but during the reign of the hard-hearted Belshazzar. This was a king who defiled the vessels from the Lord's temple, and he was judged accordingly. That very night, the Persian army invaded Babylon, and Belshazzar's life was taken from him. Once again, God blessed Daniel and promoted him to a high position in the kingdom under Darius the Mede. His peers grew jealous and devised a scheme to have Daniel be thrown into the lion's den. However, God shut the mouths of the lions and rescued his servant from the jaws of death. In the second half of the book of Daniel, God has given us a glimpse into, his heaven, into these heavenly battles that lie behind the movements of kings and the powerful men of this world. Apocalyptic imagery is employed to describe these dramatic events. In light of these visions, Daniel sought out answers in God's word. And he was led to Jeremiah's prophecy concerning 70 years. And he wondered if the people of Israel would once again be established in the promised land. God revealed to him that there would be 70 sevens to atone for wickedness, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. Repeatedly, the Lord pointed Daniel to a lawless king who was to come. We now know this wicked ruler to be none other than Antiochus IV, or Antiochus Epiphanes. And beginning in chapter 10, Daniel was given one last vision. The angelic messenger waged war for 21 days with the demonic king of Persia before he could reach Daniel. Yet when the messenger reached him, he again pointed to Antiochus. But he doesn't finish there. You see, Daniel, he was looking for a worldly kingdom where Israel, they would be a free nation once again. And they would be serving their God once more by offering sacrifices in the temple. But the angel points to another king who would come after Israel's brief stint of freedom. Rome would come and dominate the world, laying a heavy hand upon the Jews. It was during the reign of Caesar Augustus that the true kingdom of God would first appear. It was in the small town of Bethlehem, the city of David, that the Son of God was born. And this brings us to chapter 12 and the end of the book of Daniel. God leaves a final note of encouragement to this man 
who is highly esteemed. You see, Daniel, he was one who had seen much tribulation in his own life. So God now comforts him with this final message. Daniel 12, verses 1 and 2. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. The angel notes the suffering and the persecution that the people of God would have to endure under the rule of these wicked kings. But he does not leave it there. There is deliverance as well. Distress should not cause God's children to lose heart. Those who truly know the Lord They find their security and rest in him. The circumstances of this world, it cannot extinguish the flames of true faith. The angel, he jumps Daniel forward in time to the end of days when those who sleep in the dust shall awake. Here we see two biblical references. The first comes from Genesis 3.19. When God tells of his final judgment concerning Adam and Eve and their sin. Genesis 3:19. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Death is a reality that everyone must face. You cannot outrun it, and you cannot defeat it. As a sinful being, your body has been corrupted. It will not last, but it will deteriorate until it is dust once again. Yet the angel didn't use the word death here. Rather, he spoke of sleep. This is the same terminology that Jesus employs in the Gospels and that Paul writes about in his epistles. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 53. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. Dear friends, there will come a day when the dead will be raised, and their spirits will return to their bodies. Some will awake to everlasting life while others to shame and everlasting contempt. Don't fool yourselves. It is only through Christ's sacrifice on the cross 
that a person can obtain eternal life. Verses 3 and 4. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase their knowledge. The wise are those who receive eternal life, for the glory of God is upon them. It is, it is this glory that allows them to shine like the face of Moses. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The wise understand their situation, that they are sinners in the hands of an angry God. Just as Nebuchadnezzar was brought low by the Most High, they too have been humbled by their creator. Instead of increasing their own righteousness, they seek a righteousness that is not their own. And they find mercy from their Savior. Once they have found this Redeemer, they lead many others to him. The goodness of God compels them to do so. They cannot remain silent about the wonderful things that God has done for them. They are like stars in the sky that continue to shine in a darkened world. For they bring to this shadow land a message of true light. The angel then tells Daniel to close up and seal the words of the scroll. For they are for the time of the end. Now a sealed text was not to be tampered with or changed. It was kept in a safe place to be preserved. The message was to be ready for those horrific future days when Israel would struggle under the hardship of the wicked kings. You see, God's word was to be kept pristine for this people who would, who would eventually face persecution. Yet, the angel also says that they will see many go here and there to increase their knowledge. This imagery is reminiscent of what we read in the book of Amos, chapter 8, verses 11 through 12. There we read about God sending a famine to the Jews, but not a normal famine. Amos 8, verses 11 and 12. The days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Sadly, it is all too common to find men searching for God, yet refusing to look for him in the scriptures. You see, people desire to have a God of their own making. They want God on their own terms. So they seek out teachers who will scratch their itching ears. 
Teachers who claim to have wisdom from God, all the while ignoring what is written in this book. But the wise, they seek God through his written word. They put away the wisdom of man and submit to God's wisdom. Ignoring the messages that come from this world, they place themselves under God's authority. Verses 5 through 7. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time, when the power of the holy people has finally broken, all these things will be completed. The message had been delivered, and now we return to the scene by the Tigris River. Two more angels appear, one on each shore. A question was asked concerning the timing of these events. When would they take place? The first messenger raised both his hands towards heaven, indicating the gravity of his words. These words are heavy and true. It will be for a time, times, and half a time that the holy temple would be defiled and the sacrifices would be cut off. You see, deliverance comes when we least expect it. This seems to be God's modus operandi. When human resources run out and there is nowhere else to turn, God steps in to demonstrate his power. When we are at our lowest God intervenes to rescue his people. Yet Daniel, he doesn't fully understand the meaning because these things concern the future of his people. In many ways, the very book that he helped to author is closed to him. The words are sealed up. Look at verses 8 and 9. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Daniel wants to know how things will turn out for his people. How will it all end? The angel tells Daniel to go his way, meaning that the answer is not for him. Instead, he should get on with his own life. Even though he doesn't understand it all, God expects Daniel to trust in him and to trust in his timing. This calling is for you as well. You will not understand all of God's ways and timings. Nevertheless, you must trust in him. In every generation within the church, 
it seems that there have been those who want to know the date of Christ's return. They study the scriptures looking for answers that have not yet been given. They concoct theories and strange doctrines in an attempt to know the future, all the while neglecting the primary concern of God's word. In the business world, they call this mission creep. It's when a company gets distracted and steps away from its original mission statement. It veers off into another direction, and eventually it results in a loss of earnings and credibility for that company. Those who endlessly seek to know when the end of the world will come have neglected God's mission for them, namely to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that Christ has commanded them. In an attempt to find Christ in his second coming, they have totally ignored why he came the first time. This is a charge to Daniel. He must live his life in his generation and not worry about the future. He must trust that God is in control and that he will bring about his kingdom in his own timing. Look at verse 10. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who are wise and those who are wicked. Those who understand the Lord's will and those who are blind to the things of God. The wicked continue to be wicked because they cannot see past today. In our world, all too often, it seems that evil wins out. If the visions in Daniel teach you anything, it should show you that wicked rulers prosper in this life. Yet Daniel also teaches you that these evil rulers, they have short vision. They don't understand the bigger picture. They don't see the long-term eschatological perspective. For it is not the wicked who will have the last victory, but the wise. The righteous are those who will rise and experience everlasting life. They will shine like the stars in the heavens, while those engrossed in their sins will awake to everlasting contempt. The time of Antiochus IV is a demonstration of patiently enduring evil and waiting upon the Lord. For three and a half years, 
the daily sacrifice was cut off. Many caved under the, under the pressures of Hellenization. Yet for those who understood God's redemption, for those who were wise, they waited for the Lord's deliverance, and they were blessed. This, this was the message from our first scripture reading today. Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14 say this, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Daniel 12, verse 13, our final verse. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Again, the angel charges Daniel with these words, Go your way. Do not worry about such things and live your life. Trust in God and in his timing for all of these things. The scroll is sealed, for it concerns the future. You, Daniel, you have a life to live right now. Make peace with the world that you live in and put your faith in both God's sovereignty and in his salvation. For at the end of days, Daniel... You will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. This last piece of assurance is there to comfort Daniel. God had chosen him to be an influencer of emperors and kings. He had blessed him with wisdom and understanding. He had rescued him from the schemes of wicked men and from the mouths of lions. And he had revealed to him wondrous things in the heavenly realms. And now Daniel can go his way and have peace, knowing that even after he dies, after he returns to the dust of this earth, God is still looking out for him. Daniel will sleep for a time and then awake to receive his inheritance in God's eternal kingdom. Brothers, sisters, God looks after you as well. If you are honest with yourself, you will realize that there are times in, in your life where you are wise. You understand God's purposes. And then there are times in your life when you are wicked. You don't comprehend God's will for you. You choose to follow your own path believing it to be the best. Yet even in those times, God is sovereign, and he has a plan of redemption for you. You see, in the fullness of time, Christ came to establish his kingdom, and he brought with him life everlasting. It is through the blood that he shed upon the cross that you, you, can experience forgiveness for your sins. And it's through the power of his resurrection 
that you can find hope and assurance. Just as Daniel was told to go his way, God now tells you, go your way. Live your life. To you, the future seems unsettled and volatile. But God, from his perspective, the future is written in stone. Outcomes have been determined. And he will orchestrate these things in fulfillment of his purposes. You see, God is no less in control today than he was during the reigns of those kings of old. And his desire for you is to go your way and to have faith in him. Whatever your circumstances may be, he asks that you remain steadfast in your trust of him. He desires for you to rely on his plan of redemption. And he gives you assurance of his salvation. If you have repented of your sins and have looked to Jesus his sacrifice on the cross, then you will be saved. You see, God has plucked you out of the fiery pit, and what God grabs onto, he does not let go of. Such assurance is yours, so that you can go your way till the end, just like Daniel. For you too will rest and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your inheritance. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful for your word. It teaches us and corrects our errors. We ask now that you would strengthen our hearts, that we might trust in you and you alone. We confess that all too often our vision is too short-sighted. We only see today and don't grasp the bigger picture. Yet your word teaches us that you are in control of history, and in the end, you are victorious. It is through the death and resurrection of your Son that we have such assurance. For our forgiveness comes through Jesus, and our hope is that one day we too will rise from the dead with glorified bodies. For you have marked us with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are, who are God's possession. For that, we are eternally grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.